Welcome to the Highlight Reel. And maybe not the kind you're thinking of. I'm Peyton Baxter. And I'm Brittany Williams. Let's get real and unlock life behind the camera. Jump in and join our circus as we break open our highs, lows, and all things unseen. Now let's roll the Highlight Reel, y'all. R-E-A-L. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Thank y'all so much for tuning in last week and for all the amazing feedback. Yes, we had so many amazing people tagging us and reviewing us and there were no bad reviews. Y'all followed the instructions. Talk Thank to you. your grandma at church instead <laughs> when you wanted to badmouth us. We're no, so, I'm just kidding. No, we're very, very thankful for all of you that are listening, new, old, the, the whole family. So yeah. welcome back. Yeah. So today we are going to dive in a little bit more to the nitty gritty, um, kind of share our stories. First off, real quick disclaimer, this episode will contain some discussion on mental health, postpartum, infertility, and miscarriages. So trigger warning. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's good. It's our stories. It's our mm-hmm. walk. It's our journeys. But if those are somewhere you're not quite ready to go yet, we just want to let you know. Yeah, so obviously life gets messy, <laughs> literally. Sis will touch on that figuratively, emotionally, <laughs> spiritually, financially, mentally, literally all of it. Um, so today we're going to basically get down and dirty, but we want to start off light before we really get, I mean, we're going to get dirty first. Yes, literally. <laughs> but um, And then we'll get even more into our journeys. But we've been promising y'all the Waggle story. Okay. And if you don't know what Waggles is, because it's local oh, here, yeah, you know, yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. So it's a local gas convenience store. It's awesome. Around here. Great and pizza. It, oh good my corn dogs. Good ices. I grew up on their ices, yeah. literally. <laughs> and their honey buns. I don't know if you remember that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Health. Health at its finest. <laughs> 100%. They, they also have bananas at the checkout. So I'm thankful for that. Yes. Justin, <laughs> taking a selfie. Our producer's taking a selfie and we love it. I love it so okay, much. Okay, there's real. Yep. Okay, so let's get down to the story. All right, are y'all ready? We're getting dirty today. Okay. And re- one thing about sis, she literally like doesn't care to share the blunt, like everything. I if should you probably know her, care more. If you know her in real life, like this is just a conversation that we actually had at like the lunch table one day. <laughs> with my husband TJ and Grace and sis and I mean we've told multiple people at this point so oh yeah I mean why not let the whole family embarrassed is zero like (laughs) the Lord forgot to install my embarrassed piece so here it is if you don't know I struggle with weight loss so I'm all jacked up on the Weight Watchers I love the Weight Watchers it is my end-all be-all but when you start to get on it your body kind of has to get rid of the other crap right literally Little, little detox so I am like, all right, that's it. I'm eating shrimp forever. Shrimp, zero points on the Weight Watchers. <laughs> so I go to lunch and I eat my shrimp and I'm feeling good about life. I didn't know rice, no beans, no tortillas, like feeling good. Go girl. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be skinny by dinner time. So I leave lunch and everything's good. And I'm driving down the road and y'all it hit. And when I say it, you know what I mean. <laughs> and I'm talking no warning no lead up time. No, I might kind of need to go. No, it was zero to 185 in three seconds flat. And we live in Tennessee and granted there's some like life in Tennessee and there's some city life. I was not in that area of Tennessee. I was in the back middle of nowhere. And to the point I'm shaking, I'm crying a little bit, tears coming out of my eyes. I've got my, I'm 
got my left foot pushed down, trying to hold myself up out of the seat, (laughs) squeezing for dear life, just hoping I can make it somewhere. I'm going through nowhere. I'm looking around going, Lord, I need a abandoned barn and I'm going to have to pull in and I'm going to have to pop a squat behind the barn. No barns, only homes. I don't really feel comfortable knocking on the door. If I'd have passed somebody's house, I knew I was pulling in, but I didn't. And here it comes. Here comes the Waggles. I see it in the distance. And I'm like, praise the Lord. He heard my prayers. I pull into the Waggles and I'm whipping in like on two wheels. And all of a sudden it just starts coming out. And I'm like, no. So I and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's like as soon as you stand up. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, oh. So I'm sitting in the car going, okay, do I just finish pooping my pants or do I go? in and try to do it inside like at this point like there's no good answer so I squeeze super tight for the final stand and I waddle into the waggles I make eye contact with zero people because I'm like they know I've got poop in my pants right so I'm like okay so I waddle in Justin's face (laughs) y'all can see our producer's face he's He's like like, where is this going (laughs) so anyway I waddle in And I'm like, this is it. I'm just going to throw my panties away. Like they're just going to die the death of the day. I'm going to put my clothes on and we're going to move on. Well, I have on leggings and tennis shoes. So I have to take my tennis shoes off. I have to take my leggings off and I'm getting my panties off. And I'm just like, throw them away, wipe it off, move on about my day. So I'm half naked in the waggles at this point. Well, you know, those memes that like show you that you need to poop down and not back. There's like bathroom signs that say it in places like that yeah so that that was made for me that day unfortunately because I turned around and there might have been some mess on the back of the toilet because it just had too much force so I'm like okay well I'm gonna have to clean all that up but that's okay like I can do it so panties die a painful death in the in the trash can and I start cleaning up and I start to kind of feel something wet on my back And I'm like, what is going on? And this is a two stall bathroom, y'all. So there's no like checking it out in the mirror. Like I am stuck in the stall. People are coming in and out. The toilet paper is air thin. Like I'm having to use 8 million rolls of toilet paper. And the thing on the wall for the toilet paper is going (laughs) every time I pull like some out. So, I mean, it is just already a mess. And I'm like, what is on my back? And I'm thinking, well, maybe some water splashed up on it when, you know, it went. No, I had an adult diaper blowout like a kid would have. And it had smeared up my back. And so I am now going, well, now I got it. So I had on a t-shirt and like a flannel like jacket over it, right? So I take the flannel off. It's the only thing unscathed at this point. And then I weasel the t-shirt off and I'm like, don't get poop in my hair. And I may have still to this point. Again, there's no mirror to see what's what. So I hang the shirt up and I try to wash it. And I love this t-shirt. It is not dying to death with the panties. So I'm trying to like save it to take it home. And I wash it off and I try to get everything washed off. And I wash the toilet. That toilet has never been cleaner. You're welcome, Waggles. And so, cause I just <laughs> felt terrible. So I roll my little t-shirt up and I put my flannel back on and button it up. And I thank God for layers. Yeah, because I was, here I am. If someone had walked in and looked under, I'm standing 100% naked in the waggles at that point, trying to stand on my shoes so I don't get my feet dirty. And I just gave up on that. I was like, I already have poop on my back. What's a little germs on your feet at this point? 
people are in and out. People are in and out. They had to think someone was trying to take a bath in the toilet yeah. in there. Um, so then I washed my hands and it looked like I was going into surgery. I was washing to my shoulders in that waggle sink at that point. And then I roll up my little t-shirt that I didn't want to throw away and I walk out and I have never avoided eye contact more. I, in, your in my head, all those people in the waggles knew I had just pooped on the wall. I mean, that's basically what it had on myself and the wall. They probably had no clue. They probably didn't. But in that, and I'm crying, I'm laughing. <laughs> I sound like an a oh, yeah. insane naked human. In the, the first waggles. time that sis told us this story, I legit had <laughs> tears running down my face, like dying laughing. Okay. So we tell that for two reasons. One, your day has to be going better than that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, it's Monday, I'm tired. You don't have poop up your back. So it can only go up from At here. At least we hope not. Yeah. And if you do, <laughs> just keep whopping. It eventually comes off. I took, <laughs> I took the longest shower of my life that day. And two, we tell that story to say, life's real. Some days are crappy, literally. Some yeah. days are great. But in all of those days, it is your reality. It is your truth. It is your journey. Mm -hmm. So that is the segue of now that you can quit making fun of me. We're going to segue into. <laughs> we're going to laugh together. Yeah, we're going to laugh together <laughs> again. It, I, I would get up in the middle of church and tell that story and not think twice yeah. about it. Like it phases me zero. But your day has probably got to be going better than naked in a waggles covered in poop. <laughs> but some days feel like that, even if they don't literally yeah. have poop on you. They feel, feel like you are drowning in the crap of life. So let's go. Okay. So we share everything with each other, right? Yes, literally everything. So we're together all the time. Mm -hmm. We work together. We play together. We laugh together. We mom together. Hopefully at this point, y'all understand how close we truly are. <laughs> like there are no secrets. There are no anything that we don't no. share. Yes. And same with like you and I and our mom. Right. Like we're all just like, I mean, she's like our sister. All in it together. At this point. Yeah. But there are some things that we've walked through and been through and lived through and survived so far. That even though barely. we barely, <laughs> but even though we were there for each other, yeah, we couldn't relate completely because we had not walked that exact journey ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do today is share what those journeys were for us in hopes that if you are in a place, and even if you have the best friend, the best sister, the best mom, they might not get your exact journey. Mm -hmm. So, and that's okay. Right. Like, I feel like you and I have always wanted to have the answers for each other. Like, I literally come to you for mm -hmm. like anytime I need help. And it's like, you probably wanted to have the right answer, right I thing did. to say. Desperately. You know what I mean? And vice versa. But which we'll get into like our each of our journeys. But like, sometimes if you haven't been through it and lived it, it's hard to fully relate. Right. You know, and even if you want to. So we say that because if you're walking either of these journeys that we're going to share about today, Maybe you feel alone and maybe this will help you see a perspective or an aha moment or just simply, oh, someone else feels like I do. I always say misery loves company. I mean, that unfortunately, unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> yeah. um, if I'm, you know, you might think, oh, I pooped myself one day too. I don't feel as bad about it. <laughs> so we say that with the greatest intention of it just sometimes feels good to be seen. Yeah. To be heard. And to be heard. Yeah. That's a big one. Okay. Are you ready? 
I guess. I'm making her go first. <laughs> Big sister. That's okay. That's All right. Okay. I'm finally ready to talk about, let's talk about last year. I yes. Guess. Okay. How are you today? So much better. Good. Like so, so much better. But okay. last year was a totally different story for right. me personally. So and obviously like, you know, everything at this point, but I'm, I feel like I couldn't share my journey, my story and and I'll be honest, I like even like stop right there. I feel like my voice is like shaking. I'm like staring at sis in the eyes because I haven't like, besides my closest people fully been open. So it's like nerve wracking, you know, but I feel ready. And God's been same as like you mentioned last week, like he was like telling you, like, share your, share your journey, share your story. It was meant for good in some way, some roundabout it all, way, it always is, you know, yeah. and I feel the same way. It was like the same thing for me. It's just, I had to get to a point to a feel ready to share it and right. be that I feel like this is a huge reason why we launched the podcast too, is to be able to share the full story of everything, whatever it may be, our stories, other stories, right. different perspectives. And I just never felt like there was a safe place to do that until now. Oh, so yeah. I'm here. I know. <laughs> our, new, our new family's here. Yeah. And if you want me to shut up or not ask a question, <laughs> you just say no, and we'll move on. <laughs> no, let's do this. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, definitely still have my days, but I feel That's like life, man. Yeah. I feel like between, I mean, even you and probably grace and TJ, like mama, the people who are around me literally every day can probably see like a 180. I feel like it's been a 180 from like right now to this time last year, which is kind of ironic. We're talking about it now because it was like, that's whenever I finally was like breaking down the walls and was like, I'm not okay. It was around this time last year. Yeah actually, which is crazy to think about, but here we yeah, are so much better. Okay. So kind of piggybacking on that <clears throat> is we have been getting some questions or, you know, you've been getting yeah. some DMS about, you know, this time last year over the last, you know, bit, mm -hmm. Hey, we haven't seen you as much and, and kind, kind love messages, yeah, which no is amazing. Hate, like at just, all, are actually. you okay? We yeah. want to check in. We haven't seen you as much. Where are you at? You know, mm -hmm. just true love, which says so much to your to your family on the Peyton Baxter brand. Just yeah, wow. And we I will say love that. Thankfully, we really have like the sweetest people there. I mean, yes. obviously, there's always going to be one bad apple that rolls in, but half the time you click on their name and they're not even following you. They're so not they, even real. They don't even, or it's a fake page. Or yeah. I just throw the apple out of the farm. Blah. Yeah. Have a good day. So, yeah. all right. So we got some questions about that. So let's talk about it. Okay. What? Where were you if you yeah. weren't as, as active, if people saw that kind of what, it, what is, where are yeah. you? So I guess it's like, we were kind of talking about this before we started this episode and I was like, it's kind of hard to like know where to start because it's been such a journey. And there's obviously when you've lived it, there's so many details that I could share. So I'm going to try to hit like the high points and I'll start from the beginning of, cause basically what I'm getting at here. And I've kind of hinted at it a little bit on social media. So people aren't oblivious, but like, is my mental health journey in postpartum in recovery that way? You know what I mean? Um, so whenever, basically I had Britain in 2020, so I was pregnant throughout end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And then we had him June 5th of 2020. Well, we all know what happened that year. Terrible pandemic, COVID hits. March, like mid-March. And I know exactly the week that it hit because, and I'll get to that in just a second. 
Um, but fast forward, I mean, thankfully I had a pretty normal, I would say pregnancy, very healthy. I'm so thankful for that because I know that's not everyone's case, but he was such a good little, um, baby inside of me and also outside of me. Um, he really, I always joke that he really was like a saving grace and just like such a good boy to his mama. Um, but anyways, so fast forward, let's see, March of 2020, mid-March is whenever COVID officially hit the States, right? Yes. And the world basically shut. shut down. And I remember this because, and this is like, so it's going to sound so superficial, but it's but, not, if these are your feelings, yes. they're okay. But I remember like some people being like, dude, like this is serious. Like I had mentioned something about it on Instagram, of course, along with, so I mean, that was the, the that was like babies were booming in the influencer industry <laughs> that year, if we all remember. And so everyone kind of felt this way, but that was again, my feelings and our baby moon, like our last trip together, we were literally supposed to leave the week that the world shut down. So obviously that did not happen and that's okay. Um, but that was kind of the first like bummer, so to say, I guess that's the best way yeah. to kind of yeah. say it. And then fast forward, sis and I plan out our, and our mom, like plan out the baby shower, which I'm so excited about. And we like went to the venue, had it all like worked out. And then of course, COVID cancels that. So we have the drive-by baby shower, which you ended up having to have a drive-by first birthday for McCray, which is also a huge moment. Correct. Like we'll get to that too, but especially for you, that's right. a very huge moment, a first birthday for your- And your family's there and you're feeling and the love, but it's just not what you had pictured. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that because I know- Weddings and showers yeah, and birthdays like and- graduations. Like yes. I feel so badly for like the seniors that were like, you know- their entire year was like cut short yes. or, you know, there's so many people that were affected on that level, but also affected where they lost loved ones. I mean, that whole time we can all agree was just, it sucked for lack terrible. of a better word. It was terrible. Yeah. And so anyways, fast forward from that, we had some like health scares a little bit with TJ's dad. And then he ended up doing a lot better. I mean, that was kind of a stressful period. And this was like, probably the month before we had Britain. Right. Um, and then he was getting so much better. Like we had even talked about like planning a vacation with him and all this stuff. And he was so, so excited. He's probably one of the most excited people that Britain was a boy because he was going to carry on the Baxter name. You know, our, my sister-in-law doesn't, um, you know, obviously her, her, name. Yeah, right. yeah. her son, she has a son, but like obviously wouldn't carry that name with him. So it's kind of up to TJ to do that. And he was so excited about it. And then fast forward about two weeks prior to our due date, we unfortunately, I'll never forget like where I was. I was like actually packing our hospital bags in the guest bedroom over here. And we got a call that an accident had happened um, all of a sudden. And he ended up having a heart attack and we lost him yeah. that night. And it was really heartbreaking and that was literally like two weeks before we had Britain, like almost to the day. And so then we obviously like I drive down there with TJ and figure all that out. And then it's also, mind you, again, COVID. So people are trying to figure out, well, do we have a funeral? You do know, not? do we mask? I mean, we like together. So, yes. Yeah. I mean, there were so many questions and it's just so many 
different things to consider. So anyways, we end up thankfully, which I'm so glad we did. We had the funeral and it was beautiful and yes. it was great closure. And I mean, it still sucks to this day. Like we, he was so close to meeting his first grandson at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that was really hard. And then fast forward, we have, which was, this is kind of a cool story, like an uplifter in this moment. Um, TJ's dad would always say that basically around our due date was a full moon. My due date was June 7th. Full moon hit June 5th. And that's when Britton was born. Yay. And so it was kind of like a little knock. He was like looking down from above, you know? So it was, that was special. So anyways, all of that to say, then we go into... I have Britain. It was a beautiful experience. It was the best day of my life. Um, great baby. And then I feel like we were, me and sis always say those first four weeks are the hardest, right? Like I'm going to tap in here because yeah, Peyton was there when I had McRae and that was just, we're always together. We always do everything together. I was literally sitting in the parking lot with tears. Oh yeah. Because I forgot it's to even still mention during the pandemic part. and I can't be in, nobody can be in there. My parents yeah. like that was actually, I'm glad you brought that up. My mom was wasn't huge... getting to be in there. I didn't get to be in there. And my mama did get, there was one like switch visitor pass. So she did get to come see you, but I literally couldn't see but her. We, we didn't in. see each other yeah. and I didn't see Britain until they were home. Yeah. And that's just, and a lot of people are like, well, that's just normal for siblings. Well, that's not normal for us. Yeah, no, literally I was like, I mean, this might be TMI, <laughs> but like I was literally holding sis's leg while she had McCray. Correct. It was the most beautiful day, beautiful experience. And like, I wanted that. I think that killed me more than anything because like even towards the end, remember uh, during when you were pregnant with McCray, like at doctor's visits, we all like got to go in with you and like yes. see the ultrasound and see the 4D. Well, my 4D ultrasound got canceled, right. if you remember, because of it was COVID. elective. Yes. And yeah. so we, and just... long story short, ended up having to go to a different place to get that and no family still members couldn't have could anybody come. come. And, and TJ again, couldn't even th- come with me towards the end. This is all just things that thank God for a healthy baby, but it's still your reality that you're living. Yeah. Right. I okay. mean, I feel so badly for like some of the people who I've heard like experiences. They didn't even have their husband in the hospital with them. Yeah. I'm like, that's just, that's no, that's a no go. So not getting to have my family there was hard. And of course, once we brought him home, that was hard because it's still a pandemic. I'm scared out of my mind as a first time mom that I'm going to like let somebody around him who may be sick Went or somewhere. You wasn't know, being careful or yes. didn't wash their hands. And-, and he has no immune system. So obviously that's all, all goes without saying. So it was a scary first few weeks, but it was a blissful first few weeks. And I feel like we were living in newborn bliss. And I want to touch on this because if you go to like a pediatrician, you know, your pediatrician appointments, then they, I don't know if you remember this because it's been a while since you <laughs> had the like first visits, but whenever you go, they have you like fill out the questionnaire on like new mom postpartum and it asks you like how you're feeling. Well, I was sitting there thinking like, I don't know, my baby's crying. I'm just trying to make sure he's okay. I don't know what I'm doing at this doctor's office and they're rushing me in the room. So I'm just like checking all the boxes, not even really considering any of those questions, right. you know, trying and like everything is 2020 in hindsight, but it's like, I didn't, I never thought about like me and myself, especially in those moments or really for like the first six months, at least I didn't even care about me right. truthfully. Like all I cared about was him. Mm-hmm. And so basically fast forward, we'll go like quite some time. I would say really that first full year, I didn't, 
I feel like I use the excuse of like, well, my hormones are still balancing out. But I, you don't know any better. Really? No, you haven't I done have it no before. Idea. No idea. So it's just like, yeah, I guess this is normal. Yeah. Because why well, not? And you're still like just trying to keep a baby alive. <laughs> we can't keep I'm plants like, alive. Oh my gosh. No, definitely not me. Um. So anyways, fast forward to like his first year. And then after that, I feel like I still wasn't feeling like completely normal, but I'm very much like a, well, this was my thought process. My hormones probably are leveled out now, but maybe I'm just trying to find this new version of myself because after you have a kid, like your perspective changes on everything. Right. And yeah, he's your the world. He's the your world's world. Different, right? Yeah. And he is my world. So I don't really care about myself or anybody else. Really. I mean, I do, but you know what I mean? Like that's you like, don't, I mean, really, you don't really. It's your that first point. priority. Right. And so in, in my mentality in general is very much, um, suck it up, get it together. Like you're going to be fine. Like, I feel like we were kind of a little bit with our sport, mainly like raised like that. It's like, you'll be okay. Like just your put foot's it- dangling. Great. Tape it on. Yeah. Move on. And like, literally this was actually said to me multiple times by coach, a coach, um, you're on stage, yeah. you know? wrap it up get it together right like you're always on stage so and kind of taking that into life yeah and in in ways that's really good and helpful and resourceful but in this situation it definitely was not because I clearly was not okay but I was putting on a happy face every day and pretending that I was and mm-hmm. I part of me thought like if I could keep doing that that eventually it would just like happen <laughs> I don't know like but in this but situation you shouldn't have to feel on stage in your home or to every no. day, like there's days you're tired. There's days you don't feel your best and you kind of got to suck it up. But this was becoming every day, all day. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this, this was the new normal. Yeah. And I think that by saying that, like in my way of thinking like, Oh, suck it up. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to be fine. It's fine. Like you'll be happy again that I was just hoping it would be you'll be happy again. (laughs) And it just wasn't like, I think for me, it's like, I've always just, I don't know, had that mentality, which was hard. And I'm also somebody that doesn't ever ask for help in anything. She's the worst ever, like ever. And you have to like bulldoze her over to help her. And so this was a very eye-opening experience for me. And I think that's honestly at the grand scheme of things, two reasons I went through it was because I needed to learn how to ask for help in general in so many areas of life and I needed to share it in in order to hopefully help others because that's all I've prayed since I started in social media right. and ev- my blog and everything was you know if, if I can use it for God's goodness in some way then I will do it and it's taken me like a year <laughs> to finally share it but so anyways fast forward past that and this is like such a long story so I'm trying to hurry but yeah, um good. it was this is when I like got down to the nitty gritty. I remember it was fall of 2021. And I think is when I ha- had like my first panic attack. I didn't even know what that was. I had no idea. Like I have friends that have struggled in that area and I've seen it from like the outside looking in, but actually like experiencing it. I thought that I was just like really upset or which obviously I was, but and it, it was so weird what triggered it. And that was the first thing that I noticed of like certain things like, triggering emotions that didn't really make sense and like on paper they didn't go together yeah right okay but I was so worried about and you'll remember this like Papal was having some health issues that year right. and praise God he's so he's, good he's now great. yeah but I mentioned in the last episode he is my hero <laughs> like he is I just can't even 
think of him not being here with us. And that like, for some reason triggered me one night when me and TJ were talking out on the patio and I just like, couldn't even breathe like from crying. And I think a lot of that had to do with like now looking back, I didn't know at the time, but hormone balance or imbalance and still that postpartum not being taken care of. And so fast forward past that, once I finally went to see my doctor, which I'll get to in a second, he told me, which is your doctor too, correct? but told me share everything. (laughs) Basically, um, the postpartum experience, if it's long story short, you know, not in technical terms, obviously, but if it's not taken care of, it can snowball and get much worse, like over time and linger longer than. Yeah. And a lot of what I remember you sharing with me as someone who did not walk this. So I think this is important was postpartum isn't immediately after you have the baby only. Yeah. And I think that parent to me, that was eye opening because I didn't know anything about it. And that's why I think like at at that point, I mean, it was a year and a half postpartum, I guess, whenever I I had that experience and I don't hear about, I guess, not often. I mean, I haven't. Right. I hadn't either. And so basically whenever that happened, I was like, well, there's no way this could be like postpartum related. Like he's, he's about to be two. There's literally no way. And if you do research, it actually, I think can linger for up to like three or so years. I don't fact check me. I'm not a doctor, but I basically like went down a rabbit hole and of course mama did too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so at that point, um, I kind of, again, that experience happened in the fall of 21 and brushed it off. I um, had some trips, trips were starting back up in 2022. You went, was opening back yeah, up. Yeah. You went with me to the Tart trip, which was a blast. Miami, right. And then, um, and I was so excited. Like, I feel like that kind of gave me a sense of like my old self back Normalcy, a little bit, right. you know, and that was like one of the best trips, loved it, got to take this. And um, I was loved it. It was great. <laughs> I know. Gosh, I love the Tart team so much. Um, but then Actually, when we were leaving that trip, remember, I got invited to the ACM trip. Yes, in the airport. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, what? And it was kind of one of those I felt like I could. it was last minute, but I really didn't want to turn it down and sounded so exciting. And a lot of my good friends were going that I hadn't seen in a long time. So I went on that and it was great too. I mean, it was truly one of my favorite trips. So none of the, neither one of those trips were triggering to me at all as far as like the postpartum story. Um, however, on the Vegas trip, the ACMs, I had dinner with a close friend and she had experience in like mental health for different reasons. Not, I mean, I think she probably had postpartum related stories as well, but like just more general and, um, has always been super open about it. And maybe we'll ask her to come on one day and share her experience too. But, um, we had dinner one night and had a really great conversation and she was just kind of sharing her experience. And I was just honestly being a listening ear at this point. But then what was crazy is it started some of the things that she was saying about her mental health journey were super eye-opening to me. And I was like, wait, that sounds so familiar. Resonated for a minute. Yeah. And it like made my brain start like turning. And I was like, asking questions at that point, like, well, whenever you feel this way, do you know, or you feel like the depression is coming on, so to say, right. then like, what are your actions? And the actions were like identical. Oh. And then like, okay, well, whenever you feel like you're having anxiety, because side note, like, and thankfully we haven't really in our close circle had like our close family circle, right. I guess that yeah. people you would suit, like really open up to and talk to about these kinds of things. We really don't have no people to relate to here. Correct. So 
I mean, I had like one or two friends, but like at different seasons of life. So I really didn't know what I was feeling right. or experiencing, to be honest. But like the best way I could describe it, honestly, and this is came up in that conversation at dinner was like whenever I was having super bad anxiety, it's like you would wake up and you like, like you can't like breathe. And there's just like a terrible weight on your chest and you don't even know why. And like, I mean, there were times last year when I would text you and be like, Hey, I'll be in the office, but like, I need to go take a bath and like, yeah, chill out for a second right. because like I can't breathe or I feel like I'm going to throw up is the most almost like out of body experience. It's so weird and it's scary. <sighs> like see, even talking about it makes me like have yeah. to take a deep breath, you know, take your time. But, um, so anyways, that conversation was really eye opening. but of course me being me, I brushed it off and didn't <laughs> pay attention to it I was like I'll be fine and so then um probably like two months later another like did I wouldn't say like one of my best friends but a friend that I've known we had like childhood memories growing up together yes reached out to me over text randomly out of the blue and it was seriously like it was something at this point because in between that time period mama had told me she was like I've noticed something was off since about like six months to a year postpartum and wanted to like check in and say stuff. And she was like, I've been really thinking about it. And cause at this point I had kind of mentioned some things to her that I'm sure as, as a mom, as your mama, it's yeah. like, whoa, they're like, okay, that's not, that's not Peyton. Right. And so, and our mom is so great about being willing to have the tough conversations yeah. with us. She does not shy away from those, especially when it comes to our health or our safety or for our sure. well-being. She just bulldozes right in and for sure. thank God for her and yeah. for that quality yeah. of her. Literally, like I asked her to go to the doctor with me whenever I was finally like ready to like figure out what the heck and was I going on. And I am the one that would ask her to go to the doctor. Peyton would be like, I I'm got like, this. I know. I'm not one to ask for, again, ask for help. And I'm almost 30 years old, y'all. And I was asking my mama to go to the well, doctor good. with me. Good. But finally, um, after she mentioned that and sent some research that we had kind of looked up, and then I hear from this childhood friend um, via text, and she was like, I'm just like, I'm thinking about you. And I had seen kind of her posts on Facebook, like what she had gone through recently. Postpartum. She had openly yes. talked about it, right? And hers was about like a year postpartum too. So it was like kind of a similar situation for the first time that I've had heard anybody right. talk about it. And so she reached out and her message was so sweet. She wasn't prying at all, but like, it's like, she almost knew, like, it's, I swear, such a God thing. Like he told her to text me and be like, Hey, and that again, again that was there. like number three that I was fine or really number four that I was like, okay, like something <laughs> is going on. And then the DMS kept rolling in. Like, where are you? We're worried about you. And like, no, I mean, thank you for that, honestly, yes. because I feel like even that probably was eye opening to me because well, I was experiencing when you're living it. You feel like you're hiding it and putting it on being on stage. Yeah. Enough. And again, you just feel so lonely through it all, honestly. And I felt so out of my body, like that last year, that wasn't Peyton. Like literally none of my actions last year, I don't think <laughs> were really me. Like it was just such a whirlwind. But anyways, fast forward to like this time last year, around like May, June, I go to my OB, um, talk to him. I transparently tried out medication it was not for me but I'm not a doctor so always check with your own doctor but and I'll touch this on point, this in a little bit but we are big believers in advocating for your trying body. for your body your your brain 
your beliefs on medication, yes. your beliefs on taking it or not, or whatever that takes for you is because each person is going to handle medication differently. For sure. Each person is going to react. Each person is going to feel different ways. Mm-hmm. So you do what's best for you through the care of your doctors, mm-hmm. your family, the people that live in your home. Yeah, okay, definitely. So that's like, again, exactly what sis said. I had to listen to my body and I really gave it my best shot on that. And it was not for me. Um, so then I went a different route and I found a therapist that I love and I'm the biggest advocate for therapy. And I am trying to get everybody in my life to come with me. (laughs) I'm like, we could all use it y'all for so many different reasons. And even, I mean, even past postpartum, there's so many things that we would talk about that like help so much, but that was, that was really what helped me. And, um, I figured out so many different practices and coping mechanisms and even like healing. I feel like last year, again, what I was not myself, I had like the worst like self-talk ever. Like I was so mean to myself because I couldn't get over this. And I'm very much a self-critic, I feel like, and like hate whenever I feel like I'm like failing and, you know, which I do daily, but you know what I mean? It's like, I, this is something I couldn't fix without other people helping me. Standards. Peyton keeps for herself. And I think this is, this is a little behind the scenes here. Yeah. Are unbelievable. And I don't say it in a bad way. I say it in a way of we could all take a note from that is when I say there is no like half butt, for lack of a better <laughs> word, in her, there is none. Like the standards she keeps for herself are amazing. Oh, and thanks. so- <laughs> But on the flip side of that, it can be a double edged sword. It can be a double edged sword because, yeah. I mean, I'll look at something and be like, that's perfect. And she's like, nope, this, 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 and this. And then yeah, she's going like, to fix it. I'm like, whoa, yeah. take a breath. Um, But that's great because it keeps your standards high. It keeps yourself motivated. It keeps your you know results great in the areas of your life. But yeah. you weren't okay. No, definitely not. And I wasn't going to be okay until. Like I wasn't ever going to find like old me again or really and truly like find happiness. Like people would, y'all would ask me, my therapist would ask me, what makes you happy? And literally the only answer that I could give last year was Britain. Any, well, that's what I would say. Anytime I'm with Britain. And other than that, I truly like, and this is super dark, but if you've been there, you've been there. I could care less if I'm here or not, unless I'm with him. Yep. And I'm I'm here for him. And truly, there were so many moments that I was like, I'm sticking this out and I'll figure it out for him. And that's like super and, dark. And that but... was, well, and it was, it was scary for the yeah. people who love you and that yeah. want to be there. And I'm a fixer by nature. Mm-hmm. Our mama is a fixer by nature. And so we were both flailing yeah. because we couldn't fix it. Yeah. We couldn't fix you. I know. You know, but we were here. Yeah. So what would you say? To, to the sister, to the mom, mm. if someone is going through this, the best way, because I mean, in the, in the thick of it all, I couldn't really even ask you this question because you didn't yeah. know the answer. I know that's the thing too. It, like y'all would, I mean, we would ask, but we knew we weren't going to really get an answer, yeah. but it was like, what can I, what can I do? How can I be here? Yeah. Like what, TJ what and need? mama would they, like, especially teach cause he's also a male. So, and he is a fixer too, Yes, but like, I'm like, I don't know. Like I would get frustrated when people would ask me because I'm like, I don't know because I don't even know what I'm feeling. You didn't know what needed to be fixed. Yeah. Like it's like bringing the car to the mechanic and 
saying, well, here's a new wheel. Be like, no, nah, yeah. brakes are out, man. Like, yeah. but we don't know the brakes are out. Right. So what would now looking back, what would you say to the sister, to the mama? Mainly to help. Yeah. That's a good question. I mean, it's hard to like, cause I feel like I've, cause like even end of last year was still like pretty dark in, in moments. Right. Um, and it may, it, you know, there's always going to be the mountains in the valleys. Yeah. And I don't think this is a end date. No, but this it's like, a, now I know how to manage. If I, yes. If I feel things coming on that were so like they were happening every week right. last year, it's like, I know exactly what to do to combat that and not let it get to that point again, basically. Okay, so let's pivot the question. What are the things that you're doing now that can help you in the moment? Mainly if like, I'll feel like if I'm like super overwhelmed or stressed or worried about Britain in any capacity or family members or like, I mean, my family's everything to me. So right. I feel like the worry, I mean, worry is AKA anxiety part of it. Right. And if I feel that coming on, honestly, breathing exercises, like that is the first thing I go to is a breathing exercise and a prayer. Like, dear Lord, help me here. I don't know what to do. I mean, it can be literally like that kind of conversation and whatever that may look like for you, right. that's just mine. But you know, whoever you speak to or believe in or anything that can help you get past that initial moment, because if you dwell in that moment, it's going to snowball and get a lot worse, which obviously that happened to me. So it's recognizing it recognizing acting it. in whatever way that you know can take yes. you to a calm place in that moment and whatever healthy way can do that because there's so many other options out there this day and time and I wouldn't even say options but like um hurtful things that you could do to like combat those emotions to numb anything out or whatever it may be and that's not the way so whatever you can do to like um, breathe or have someone to talk to call immediately. Like sometimes I'll call them and be like, they can tell I'm like literally about to go off the deep end and they can help me like scoot back from the ledge. You know what yeah. I mean? Like figuratively. Yes. And so I think having your people and then also just figuring out like who, not only who you can talk to, but also like how to, you know, have practices in place, like breathing or praying or, meditating or going for a walk or like walks would help me a lot. Um, taking a hot bath, like it can literally be anything, whatever that thing is. You just have to like drop everything if you can and go do it in that moment. You can't let it dwell all day longer. It's just, it's going to eat you alive and really, and I'll wrap this up here, but like if you keep dwelling, at least for me on the anxiety piece of things and I let it keep going, let it keep going, let it keep going. Then I would get to the point of just not caring at all. Right. And that's where the depression part would creep in. And then it's like, I, that, that was the point where I'm like, I don't care if I'm here. Right. Like you, you literally stop caring and you don't care about anything besides my son, obviously. Sure. Um, so, and that's, that's when it gets really scary. So and then you just really listen, become, become someone that you don't recognize. Exactly. So listen to yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help like DM me seriously. Like, don't be afraid to ask for or me. <laughs> yeah. Um, sister to sister, like that is, I wish I would have done that sooner, but, um, that is nothing to be ashamed of and whatever your healing journey looks like, whether it be, you know, any sort of medication or therapy or just talking to your friends, like 
everybody has gone through deep crap in life again. So don't be ashamed to like and tell your story and ask for help. It wasn't your valley story. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to my valley story in a minute because it's yeah. totally different. Yeah. But now that we've both been through it enough to discuss the feelings of the darkness, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever caused it. You know, that was the result. The cause yeah. was different, but the result was the same. Yeah. We've now And really found those, those feelings and emotions are very same. similar. Yeah. yeah. The, the common denominators of that are the same to the point of being able to relate on those levels, even mm-hmm. though we couldn't relate in the moment, in the hindsight, we can. Yeah. So we, we've walked it, we've done it. And if you have somebody in your life that has walked your journey for me, talking about it helps, although it took a long time for me to be willing to do that. Do yeah. you think that helped you is when you oh finally spoke it out loud? Yes. Like literally even, I remember one day specifically whenever I opened up to mama, she was one of the first people I opened up to about it, like really opened up to. And even the day it was, which was late last year. I mean, I had already opened up to you, but like we really got into some other topics on the conversation that day when we were like driving around town we literally took like a 30 minute drive around town just me and nowhere just driving in circles I did I think I drove three circles but it was like perfect it It was was, I mean it's almost like a therapy session but with like your person and so find somebody that you can trust if you are the person that somebody's coming to you that is trusting you just listen like and check in on those people often and check in on your friends, especially in the postpartum case, like check in on the people who just had babies and keep checking in on them throughout that first year, at least, because I promise it's not just those first few weeks that something and, and could happen. And they usually have a lot of help in the first few weeks. I know yeah. like it's kind of what I saw and it was like, then everybody kind of disappeared and it was like yeah. crickets. And I'm like, hello, mm-hmm. I'm still clueless. And honestly, like I was just doing that with one of my best friends just had a baby and I felt like I was like asking too much in the beginning and like everything was fine. And then recently we were talking again and things had changed a little bit, you know, so it's like keep checking in on your people. And if you are a new mom, don't be afraid to like open up to your people. They are people for a reason. And don't ask new moms what they need because they don't know. No. Walk in their house, do the dishes, change the sheets, hold the baby, tell them to go shower. Yeah, because I promise they haven't. They stink. Yeah, they have spit up all over milk. (laughs) But um, but you know, I mean, that was my favorite things when I first had the baby, and I'm so thankful for the people that gave food and things of that sort because I wasn't cooking either. I was doing nothing, just surviving. Yeah, but they walked in and did the dishes, and I didn't even know they did them. Like you're so out of it. I would notice it like two days later that the pile of dishes wasn't there anymore. I'm like, oh, I wonder who did that. Some I still don't know who did some stuff at my house. Right. And I'm just so thankful that the angels came. Right. So, yeah. And truly, they are. And mama, but I don't know. I don't know yeah. who was doing what. Yeah. So that's kind of where I was at last year in such a better place now. I mean, literally 180. So um, just wanted to share my story and my journey once I was ready for it. Um, And I'm sure I missed a lot of things and details that I'd like to talk about. So we might follow up on it. Yeah. And if you have questions about any of that, I mean, I'm going to speak for you here, but yeah, shoot us a DM on, you know, highlight real pod. Yeah. And we're because I'm like super passionate about trying to help people there be a resource. Yeah. Especially we're not doctors. No, please don't quote us on medical anything, but no, it's the life you lived. Yep. It's the journey you're walking. It, mm-hmm. It's a current walk. Yeah, for sure. And we're all kind of in it together. Yeah. And so if anybody has any questions, definitely drop them in and we'll talk because it's something I feel like I never 
would have thought was a part of my journey. Truly. I never thought I would have been somebody openly talking about any of this stuff, but that is, I feel like one of my reasons why now, and I've become super, super passionate about it and passionate about protecting my people, which y'all are now our people, yes. um, whatever that may look like in that area. So, and when, when you have her having your back, it is a good place to be. I'm here to tell you, you see yeah. those memes about like, it's the little sister you have to worry about. Like <laughs> that is the case here. Like yeah. she has her people the other day. I just, more things went wrong than could go wrong. Really. I mean, nothing terrible, but it was just one it's thing. One of after, those days. Yeah. It was just, and she looked at me and I like, she just gave me a look and that was that. And then later I got a text that night and she's like, I saw the look in your eyes and it's going to be okay. Like I just felt yeah. seen. I felt yeah. like somebody gave a crap. And honestly, and that regarding that was more important. I was gonna than anything. say regarding anything in life, everybody just wants to feel seen or feel heard and be seen. Right. Right. That's and really honestly, all there is to it. I think that's why I loved therapy because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's listening. And I I'm paying like, her to listen, but she has to listen. Yeah, but like she gave me so many no, like helpful she was tips. So, I mean, just from what you said, I want to yeah. go see her. Oh, so. she's great. So yeah, we're here for you guys. You're our sister and we love y'all. We're going to switch gears now to Sis's story um, because no matter if it's if you relate more to her side of her journey or my journey or anything in Your any journey in, in either realm. Here are pieces that make sense for you. We just ultimately want you to know that you're not alone. And sometimes, again, hearing other people share their experience and even if it's one little tidbit that could you know, you could relate to, it kind of makes you feel better. We're all human. <laughs> so sis, with that said, you've openly talked about your infertility journey for years now, but it took a while to get there. Um, what was, I guess, give us a quick rundown uh, for those who may not know your story yeah. and your journey to motherhood. Sure. So like I said, I've, it, it's been a minute, so I can kind of bullet point maybe a little at this point, but we rode the infertility wave for about three years. We had two miscarriages on the front end. Um, the first miscarriage, I was on medication to get pregnant. The second one, I was not for varying reasons we can kind of talk about in a mm -hmm. minute. Um, I was in my late, late half of my mid thirties having a baby. So, you know, clock was ticking. If you want to say that, we got, I got married a little later than all my friends. We wanted, we had a five-year plan. Like Peyton was talking about before, you never think it's going to be you. Mm -hmm. So I'm a planner by, by nature and I had a five-year plan. Let's go live life and then we'll have the baby and we'll be, everything will be great. Yeah. So we lived our five years and we went and did and then, okay, well, it's time to get pregnant. And we couldn't for about a year. So I went to the doctor again, didn't want to admit anything was wrong. Yeah. Went to my just regular OB and they'll pretty much tell you, you need to try for a year before they're going to like yeah. discuss it, which mm -hmm. we can talk about that in a minute. My feelings on that, but I think it's a bunch of crap. Yes. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> to just put it out there, I think that's ridiculous. Um, but then finally got on some medication there and then got pregnant, lost that baby and then got pregnant a second time, lost that baby, had to have an emergency DNC because of all the scar tissue. They were afraid I was going to possibly bleed out and die. So we had to go straight and do all of that for about, and this is cheap, really, in the scheme of it all, but we're about $35,000 in mm -hmm. to make a baby. 
And we have at that point. Yeah. Well, in the end. Yeah. So we all in, it was about 35 K um, and insurance won't cover it. You know, you break your arm, they'll cover it. Your ovaries are broken negative. Mm. So it's out of pocket and cause it's elective. Didn't you know that it's elective to have a baby. Hmm. So you don't actually have hmm. to have one, which I get it on paper. I guess I'm a rural person by nature, but my heart said otherwise, it was not elective to my heart to have a baby. So right. we now have one baby boy and that's kind of the, the, the on paper, the resume version yes, of our story the quick version. Right. Um, and that baby boy is just the best thing. <laughs> He was my, I always say he's my first baby boy to steal my heart. He is a miniature version of her. Literally, actually, (laughs) you're raising me again. Good luck. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Um, Okay. So thanks for sharing that with everybody. Um, With that said, what would you say is maybe the hardest emotional part of it all? Because there's so many pieces to like, it was hard, period. Right. I would say the hardest part emotionally you know, a little bit of what you touched on, which I think is interesting about different journeys to the same end is you feel so alone. Mm -hmm. No one I knew had really gone through infertility or miscarriages. Um, Now talking to people that I know that I knew at the time, they actually had, excuse me, but no one talked about it. Right. So to me, no one had gone through this. I was alone. I, I was broken and unworthy and, um, just obviously a terrible human. I'm a results driven person. So to me, I was being punished for something I had done. Hmm. So I was living in this like cloud of, all right, you were a bad person and this is what happened. Mm -hmm. And this is your punishment Yeah, because all I wanted was to have a baby. And so I just buried myself in community service. And if there was a club to join, I joined it. There was a fun, and I think it was twofold. I think it was keep myself busy because I, Mm -hmm. the only thing in life I wanted, I couldn't control. I couldn't Mm -hmm. fix. And the other thing was trying to almost earn grace with God to overturn his decision of punishment, which in hindsight is the craziest thing to even say out loud, because that is not how it works. But yeah. everything in hindsight, it's <laughs> yes. like everything that you say or like look back on, it's like, that's crazy. Like, why like, did I say that? Why did I do that? Like, that? Yeah. But I was, I feel that. I, that was my truth. I was living yeah. it. I was like, I will get enough points to get an A <laughs> on this test and I will get a baby. Like, yeah. I mean, I was literally at the Chuck E. Cheese trying to earn tickets to trade in for a baby. I mean, that is yeah. how it was like working in felt. my brain. Yes. Yeah. And then it was like. I felt bad for being, I'd see a pregnancy announcement and I'd be pissed and bitter Mm -hmm. and annoyed and well, I'm a better person than they are. I mean, you, you just get in this world, this alternate universe, really like, I'm sure you're not the only one who has ever thought that. (laughs) Why did they get to have a baby? And I can't, you know, so, and I think just letting you know today, if you are in this stage of life and you are feeling those feelings, they are valid and it is mm-hmm. okay. Cause I was always afraid to even say them out loud because, but, oh my God, Brittany is just a terrible person for mm-hmm. thinking that you are not a terrible person. You are a human that is begging for a baby. Well, and everyone's feelings are valid. You mentioned that earlier yeah. on my side of things too. Like no matter what the situation is, your situation probably differs from somebody else. 
and your feelings are valid. Right. <laughs> they're my feelings. I was feeling them at the time, but you, you think they're not right. Right. And mm-hmm. then on the flip side of that, I was in such a valley of just desire that wasn't being met and I couldn't fix it. And I was trying to do all the things that I didn't think I deserved to be happy. So mm-hmm. any time I was like doing something and I would catch myself having fun, I'm like, oh, nope, nope. You're not supposed to have fun. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to be happy. You're only supposed to be sad right now, Brittany, because you either can't get pregnant or you lo- just lost a baby. Well, you're in grief period. Right. You're like mourning. So it's like up and down. And it's like, then you're like, oh, well, you'll be a mom one day. And I'm like, no, I am a mom. Like I, I, I made a baby. He just, or she just didn't wasn't born yeah so that was tough I remember Mother's Day I was due around Mother's Day I think on the second pregnancy and it just no one knows your dates no one knows your stuff because you're Mm. the one living it but I just remember thinking like no one acknowledged it no one knew but no one knew I mean it was so early we lost both at like eight and nine weeks but I was like well I'm a mom but I'm I don't have a baby to show for it yeah so it didn't count yeah so that was tough um, so I think just feeling alone mm-hmm. and not worthy yeah. were the hardest emotional side of it all. Yeah. Well, and it's hard because like the same way you hadn't physically gone through like my same exact, well, you went through a lot of the emotions, just not the same journey. Right. Then I hadn't also at that point, obviously weren't, we weren't even trying because mm-hmm. um, you had McRae. For those that don't know, McRae is older than Britain. So right. this was before. 13 months older. Yes. Um, but I hadn't gone through any of that either. So it's like you only know how to relate so much. Um, so I hope that hearing some of those emotional sides of things, if you do have somebody going through it, because on my point of view, it would have been helpful now to know like. Right you know, and we'll get to this, but like what to say, what not to say, things like that, that could be triggering and like different emotions of ways that you could help that person. So with that said, what was the hardest part physically? Cause obviously I know you went through a lot there too. Right. So for me, and I kind of touched on this before is the first, and I'm not a doctor, so please don't, this is just me and my experience. We took Clomid at first. Mm-hmm. And when I say it made me crazy. Yeah. I mean, like I'm already a little crazy. Let's just <laughs> let's lay that right out on well, the table. Aren't we all? <laughs> but it gave me experiences that were terrifying. Um, there were two in particular when I was all jacked up on the clomid that one, I was having a full on like breakdown. I don't even know why, but I remember we were in our old house and our upstairs kind of had like a long hallway. And I was run, it was like almost like a like an animal with the zoomies. Mm-hmm. I was literally running up and down the hall, like a ping pong ball, like a, you know, like a pinball, just bouncing off the walls. But my, in my head, I was a bird's eye view watching myself. Mm-hmm. So it was a true out of body experience. Yeah. Like I could see myself running up and down the hall. I did not feel that I was actually down there in my body. Okay. So that was terrifying. Yeah. So if you're on medication and it does that, I don't think that's normal. Um, Two, I was driving home from work. And at this point, remember, I'm trying to just fill my time with all the things and earn earn the tickets to have a baby. And so I was working crazy hours and I was doing 8 million different things. So I was just exhausted. And I remember looking, driving over this bridge and I kind of looked at it and I thought to myself, I don't want to drive off the bridge, but I get why people do. 
Mm-hmm. And when I had that moment, it was just like, it almost like slapped me back into reality yep. because I was like, wait a second. The next time I drive over it, it could be, oh, well, I'll go too. Today's the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just terrifying. Yeah. Again, you don't feel like yourself. No. I had. The, I mean, honestly, I had that same exact <laughs> thought in my journey. Yeah. Like, so I don't want to hit that tree, but. I, I mean, because it wouldn't be terrible. Like so, I understand. Like, I don't really want to be here either. Yeah. So, I mean, it was. And that's scary. scary. Yes. That's a very dark place. At that point, we just told the doctor we will not be taking that medication anymore. Josh and I had the conversation of if that's the only way to get pregnant, then, I mean, and me being me, I I had a whole plan B planned. I had Mm -hmm. a, like, a travel itinerary already researched that if we don't have a baby, I don't need a bigger house. We'll have a small house with great granite countertops and a, you know, a sub-zero fridge and it'll just be all the upgrades in a smaller house and we'll go travel. Like I needed to fill my mind with something else. And in hindsight, like that's stupid too, but it wasn't in the moment, I guess. Right. So I lived it, I breathed it, but I say that to say, be it, I said this about Peyton earlier too, is like you be an advocate for yourself in the doctor's office. 100%. They do not know ever. And I have friends that are doctors that are brilliant, but they don't know how you feel at 3 a.m. unless you tell them. They don't know mm-hmm. what you tell them. Tell them. That's the piece. <laughs> that's they a are, biggie. They can't use their brilliance if they can't evaluate. They can't come home with you. Mm-hmm. So I had to say, this medicine gave me the zoomies. I had an out-of-body experience and the bridge looked tempting. Um. So I was like, I, I don't think I need to be on that medication. Yeah. And then fast forward a little when we went to um, Dr. Duty here in Knoxville, who is the end all be all, in my opinion, the baby whisperer, the greatest yeah, highly human recommend. on the planet. He'll pray with you. He'll love you. And he'll also, at one point, it took multiple months of things and surgeries and medications and shots and the whole shebang. Yeah. I mean, you were like pricked everywhere. Oh, I was very like, just, I had track marks on my arm. I didn't wear short sleeves because I thought somebody was going to think I did drugs. And, um, I was just, it all was, orifices it was were physically grueling. It was, it was a physical just journey as well, mm-hmm. but you didn't care at that point. You were just right. okay with it. But looking back, like you, you felt in, invaded yeah. on all aspects. Yeah. Um, but he looked at me at one point and I was like, okay, I guess this isn't working. So we're just going to have to go back on the Clomid. And I'd already told him what the Clomid did to me. And he looked at me dead square in the eye. This is why I love him because I need people like this in my life. And he's like, if I need you to go on the Clomid, I will tell you. But until then, we're going to do what I say. And I was like, okay. And I say, yes, that, sir. I say that to say, advocate for yourself. But at the same time, surround yourself with the people that mm-hmm. you can believe in and you can trust because yeah. I had advocated for myself enough to leave certain doctor's offices I was and say get there to that him. Part, yeah. I wasn't okay with the way other people handled their practice. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It just wasn't for me. Right. So I feel like I had advocated myself enough to get to the point where I needed to be at his office with his staff and people I trusted. And he would pray over you and he would talk to you like, you know, and I had my first meeting with him and here I go in there with like 20 pages of questions, me being me. And he sat there and answered them all. God love his heart. He probably wanted to just like <laughs> shake me. But, and at the end, he's like, well, what do you think we want to do? And I just looked at him dead square in the eye. And I said, well, if I was your daughter, what would you do? And he and gave me the rundown and I said, let's do it. And I had a surgery appointment scheduled before we left that day. And mm-hmm. it was the greatest thing that could have happened. But the physical part of it all 
really with the different medications and the procedures and, and so many different doctors, right? Advocate for yourself in a way that you feel confident in what's going on, because if it doesn't work, you're still getting the medical bill. Mm -hmm. And so you're still having to pay for it all with no baby. And that's, that was disheartening as well. I imagine. Um, so it was tough. It was really tough physically as well, but advocate for yourself. Yeah. And then he actually, didn't he end up recommending um, who we go to now? He did. Yes. Who we love their practice. If you are local and need somebody, you can message us. Yes. But so, um, yeah, because I basically asked him, I was like, all right, where do I need to go? Because Dr. Judy doesn't care for you after 12 weeks after the first trimester because he's a reproductive endocrinologist. So he doesn't deliver deliver babies anymore. And so, um, he checks it all and does it all and gets you there. But I was like, just one more. I cried when I left. <laughs> you did. You're like, one more, baby. <laughs> just do one more. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Well, that with all that said, you didn't want to share even any of that or any part of it at first, not even with me or mama or anybody. So what got you to this point where you're comfortable to share now? Yeah. So basically the Lord wouldn't leave me alone. So I feel like I got woken up in the middle of the night about three times. And, you know, I don't have a huge social platform, but enough that I maybe could make a difference. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I just felt like I kept getting like woke, waked up, <laughs> waked up. <laughs> woken up in the middle of the night. And it's like, just share your story. Share. I'm like, nobody needs to know my story. Like I don't have a baby. Like there's, there's not a happy ending to this mm-hmm. story. I can't share it. Yeah. And it was just kept happening kept happening. At that point I was just tired and I was like, okay, if I talk about it, will you leave me alone? Again, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make deals with the Lord, like all over the place there. And that isn't again, not how it works, but you get in just a, a bizarre fog of mind. Um, and so I was like, all right, let's well, fine. And I kind of just sprinkled it in and I, I'm not really a sprinkler. I'm kind of an all or nothing. So I just went for it and the messages I would keep getting were, thank you for sharing. I'm going through this or thank mm-hmm. you. I felt so alone or, oh, I felt that way too. Or, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that wants to punch somebody in the face when they have a pregnancy announcement. And I'm like, yes, girl, I do too. Yeah. You know I mean? Just those little moments of feeling like you're not a terrible person. You're not broken. You're not unworthy. You're not just bad. Well, and you would mention this too, like it's okay to be mad whenever you see another pregnancy announcement, but also be happy for those people, but be mad for your situation. Exclusive feelings. Yeah. And I think that was what I finally came to terms with is I'm really, really happy you're pregnant and I'm really, really sad I'm not. Yeah. And you can actually feel those simultaneously. At the same time. Yeah. So, and I think that can happen with if all your friends are getting married. Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, you can feel that way. Or all these like big life moments. Right. Um, You know, if any, anything. Anything. They, honestly, anything. even like in my work, hey, you got that collab. Man, I'm happy for you. I really wish I was on it with you. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, it could literally be anything. I mean, I, I catch myself doing it with like weight loss because I'm in that journey yeah. right now. And somebody's like, I lost 78 pounds. And I'm like, oh, I was feeling good about myself. But now I guess I'm just a loser. And I think that's another thing to say here too is say I've had two miscarriages and I had to do IUIs mm-hmm. whenever. And you just, it only took, you wanted to be pregnant and it took you six months instead of one month. And that was your journey of desire to have a baby or I have friends that had like 12 miscarriages and I've caught myself before saying, oh, well, I can't really be sad around them because my journey wasn't as bad as theirs. But it doesn't discredit it doesn't anything matter. That, you, that you or them went through. It right. doesn't discredit Because that was it. your journey. Yeah. And it's 
sucked. Yeah. You know, whatever you're the feelings you had that gave you sadness mm-hmm. or it's not a competition. We're not in a competition to who sucked the most. Right. We're in a competition of who can love the most and who can be the kindest and who can be the most uplifting. Yeah. And that's es- a competition I'm in for. Especially in these situations and these types of journeys. Um, okay. Well, that's really awesome that you listen to God and are now sharing it with everybody because I feel like it's really going to touch people and help so many people. Um, I kind of have this question. I touched on it earlier. So for, for those of us who haven't gone through it personally, um, what are some things that, cause you would always mention to us, like, I hate when people say that, like, what are some things to say slash not to say to somebody going through the infertility journey, no matter what, uh, point they're at in that timeline if you care to share with the class oh I'd be happy to okay (laughs) get get, you fired up (laughs) these get me going um I'll start with the things that just for me this is my again my personal journey these things might help somebody not me or really the people I've talked to I'd say the number one that just irks me is one in four when Mm -hmm. people say oh well one in four pregnancies ended miscarriage so you know get them next time tiger no my baby just died yeah and I will touch because I don't even know if you I think you were already gone it was right after I don't even know if I've told you this before but it irked me and I wasn't even in your shoes after your emergency DNC the second was the second time right and the doctor I guess who did it or one of the doctors me and mama and I think your dad were in the room and she goes yeah, it's just we were asking like why was yeah. there any was there any answers of why this happened? Probably wasn't even awake yet, I guess. When the yeah, came, yeah. And we were like asking kind of the why behind it, and she was like, "Well, you know, it's just it's one in four; it can happen." And that was her answer, and it like infuriated me in that moment, especially in that moment after it just I'm like, "Well, we just lost a family member, right? That's probably not the best answer." And and I get again like removed from the emotional moment that is the statistic sure yeah but you're not going to walk up to someone that just died in a car crash and to their family and start giving them statistics on car crashes yeah so why is that the answer with miscarriages right so one in four please yes i've educated you today if you don't know that that is the statistic stick it in your back pocket and never speak of it um (laughs) the other one that gets me is at least you can get pregnant well Getting pregnant, it does me no good if I can't stay pregnant. So personally, that was my problem was I couldn't stay pregnant. Mm-hmm. So when people say at least you can get pregnant, all that said to me was at least you can have another baby die. Yeah. Like that's what I heard. It was triggering. That's what I heard when they said that. Because to me, getting pregnant. That wasn't your. I mean, it, it was tough, but I could do it. Some people yeah. just can't even get pregnant. Right. But I, it, it didn't help. You need to just relax, Brittany. That was the other one. Well, I can't relax. And mm-hmm. relaxing and pregnancy, actually, I don't think it hand in hand. It'll happen when it's supposed to. Well, that's great. And in hindsight, you're right. Like the fact that we are nine years apart as sisters and have babies only 13 months apart, it shouldn't be the way it is. And I truly, in my heart of hearts, believe it did happen the way it was supposed to. And I have no doubt that like God's plan is the greatest plan, but in the thick of the emotions, mm-hmm. that is not what I needed to hear. Yeah. I needed somebody to say, this sucks. Want a cheeseburger? Like, you just, wanted to feel 
seen. seen. I just you needed know? to feel seen. I didn't yeah. need a fix because there was no fix. Yeah. I was paying thousands and thousands of doctor money to a doctor that also couldn't fix it. Yeah. And this one is probably the one that just broke my heart the most is when people say, well, obviously something was wrong and the baby's just better off. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, dead. The baby's better off dead. Cause I'm not better off with my baby dead. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, you know, it, it can be different conversations of when it's a baby, when it's not. And that's not what we're getting into here. It was my reality and that was my baby. And those were things that I would not recommend to say. Yeah. And then we can kind of like wrap up on this because I think it is important if you haven't walked through it. I had a friend one time call me and I hadn't really talked to her probably since high school, maybe early college. She lives in California. I mean, it just, and I was like, whoa, what's wrong? Um, and she said, I had a friend go through a pretty late term miscarriage. Um, and I don't know what to say. And mm-hmm. I've seen you talk about it. And can you help me? Yeah. Which I thought was what an awesome friend to make that phone call. No, seriously. Like that is so cool that There's she would do that. Times, like people just trying to get pregnant that I've asked you about. Yeah. That I'm like, what can I say? Like yeah. th- they're transferring remember, today and I remember, or, you know. And I remember one time you had a friend have a miscarriage mm-hmm. and you wanted to send something and you're like, what would be something good to send? Yeah. And I was like, well, when you got me the angel wing ornament, it made me feel like the baby was real mm-hmm. and that we wouldn't forget it. So we put it on the tree every year. Yeah. And so like you sent that to your friend and I hope they loved it as much as I did. But the fact that people even want to do good. Like care enough to even better, ask. Right. I yeah. thought it was really cool. Yeah. So these are things I would say you can say to your friend or your sister or your family member that is experiencing. And again, my opinion, my feelings here. So it's not the end all be all that is experiencing infertility or miscarriage or just taking them a long time. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not even in all the doctor's mess yet, or they've lost, you know, multiple miscarriages or even in the late stages of pregnancy, people would say, Oh, you're good now. No, no, I'm not. Yeah. Every time I went to the bathroom, I feared to, this is way too much TMI. So here's your warning. I was terrified to wipe to see blood. Yeah. Because I'd had a miscarriage in a New York city bathroom and had to walk back to a, well, it started. I wiped, I saw blood. I had to put on the happy face. I had to be back on stage. Back I had to walk stage. into a board literally meeting. Literally back on stage. Literally back on stage that weekend. And I was alone and experiencing that and breaking. So, I mean, you just, you feel so alone. So for somebody to simply look at you and say, it's okay to feel blank. Like we talked about earlier. It's okay to be pissed. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to cry. Mm -hmm. I am a bit, I'm terrible about that. Yeah. Like, are you broken? Are you bleeding? You shouldn't cry. But I've learned in my adult life that sometimes you just need to cry. It makes you feel better. Yeah. So it's okay to feel whatever. Um, you know, Mother's Day was this past weekend. And so check in on them, especially mm-hmm. Mother's Day was my hardest. Christmas, I feel like there was enough commotion that it wasn't in chaos. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but Mother's Day was just the it's like a direct reminder. Yes. Yeah. That you aren't in the club. Yeah. And even though in my heart I was in the club after the miscarriages, no one acknowledged that I was in the club. Which could almost be even harder. Even harder, you know? right, yes. So especially on for me, that was my hardest holiday. But holidays in general, just check in. I know the questions and the check-ins are awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I am pretty, I don't have a problem asking people weird, hard, awkward questions, but I've learned most people do. Yeah. Um, just put yourself aside, I guess, there. 
and ask the hard questions, ask the awkward questions. Simply today, this is just use this as a script. Today is probably hard. I want you to know I love you. Period. That's it. Yeah. That alone, I think, would go so far. But you're great at that. You do that even if I'm anybody in your life is like having a hard day, period. But it's easy for me. Like it comes natural. But that you've taught me that and that's always been super helpful for me. People like me who it doesn't come natural. Like I'm I like think about every word I say because I am the people pleaser and the you know what I mean? It's like I don't want to hurt anyone. And so having that is helpful and I think will help a lot of people who have people in their life going through it. The intent behind it is way more important than the actual words spoken. For sure. No matter what you say, if you stumble on your words, if you say the wrong thing, if you say, you know, I'm here. (laughs) Yeah. If you say one of those things I told you not to say, at least you checked in, I guess that's better than nothing. Or if you catch yourself, you're like, shoot, I I probably shouldn't have said that, but I'm here. I just, I'm, I'm new to this. I just want you to know I'm here. And that alone would mean the world. Yeah. Just so. With that said, kind of piggybacking up on that, if you, you know, you kind of touched on like what to tell people, like how to help them if they're going through it or, um, you know, what you would tell somebody, even if they may suspect that they're having issues or staying pregnant, if you want to touch on that. And then also, if you could go back to the thick of it, what would you tell yourself? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I wish in hindsight the second I decided I was ready to have a baby, mm-hmm. I would go straight to the doctor and I would say, hey, can you run my labs? Can you make sure everything's good? Can you check my hormones? Can you do blood draws? Whatever you need to check. And I would haul my husband right in with me mm-hmm. and I would have his his sperm checked. That was not our problem, but I know with friends it has been. Yeah. And they did all this testing on her thousands of dollars and months and all this. And it ended up being him. I mean, not that anyone was the problem, but that was the, 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 the disconnect. Whatever, yeah. And so I would haul us both in together and say, here we are, we're ready to have a baby. Can you test all the stuff and whatever? And, even and we're not going to wait a year. No. And we're not going to wait. <laughs> like a if year. you're ready, if you're ready, you're it. ready. If you're like me, you already waited five years. So you like, you already waited your years. You already have your plans, so to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, be proactive on all of that. Yeah. And if I could go back and talk to myself in the thick of it, I think it would say, it's just so tough. You think about it and stay the course. When it's hard to put yourself back in those shoes. Because you at know that dark now, time. you know the difference. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you don't want to really relive it. Like even telling my story sometimes, it's like, I feel like I've blocked a lot of it out, yeah. you know? But stay the course. And yeah. It, the valley turns into the mountain and the sun will rise again. And I think you feel so dark for so long that you mm-hmm. aren't actually sure the sun is going to rise on yeah. you again. It's like you're begging for the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And just knowing it's there. I mean, it's like if you go do a workout and you, I always like, I used to work out with the trainer. I don't anymore clearly, but I would be like, all right, how many of these I got to do? How long do I have to hold this? Because I knew if I could see the end or I knew where the end was going to yeah. be, then I could endure anything. Right. I could sit on my head in a bucket of crap long enough. You just told me when it was almost literally, (laughs) but you know, I could, I could, I could hang out in the Waggles bathroom stall naked, covered in poop. If you had to just told me when the the duration, it was going to happen. Yeah. So I think, well, and I will stop you there. Speaking of that mountain, we have my sweet baby boy, nephew McCray. He just turned four. 
did. and he's precious. So and there was an ending. There's a happy ending. And um, with that said, I guess obviously we're so thrilled now. Does any of the sadness or anything still linger? It does. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, you know, you lost two babies. Yeah, you got two angels up there. You do. And, you know, they did. I, I didn't name them and I didn't see them and I didn't hold them, but they were there and they were mine, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that that's tough sometimes. And it's not all the time, you know, but it's kind of up and down and I'll walk through my house and I kind of see like the guest room and every now and then it'll catch me like, well, I guess that should, that could have been a kid's room. Yeah. Or when the cry's like, play with me, play with me, play with me. There's those moments of, cause he is an only child. Yeah. And he's going to be an only child. And I think that's something else that I can kind of touch on is if you know somebody that has gone through the thick of it, of infertility and all of that good stuff, bad stuff around whatever you want to call it is when they only have one kid, this is my personal experience. I only have one child. And when people come up to me and say, well, you just need to have another one, Brittany. And I'm very open with my question because or with my answer, because a lot of people don't know my journey and that's mm-hmm. okay. That's not on them. But and when it's I, obviously a lot to unpack, it's right. not like a two second conversation. Right. And when I say, oh, well, you know, he's our mirror. This is how I say it. This is yeah. how I try to unpack it kindly and quickly and not make anyone feel awkward, but right. he's our miracle. We're just so thankful for him. My ovaries are broken. So we'll just have one that it's become an elevator speech basically. Yeah. And when they come back with, well, you just need to keep trying. And then I have to open up with, well, if I get pregnant, 99.9%, I lose it. Yeah. If I'm not under direct doctor's care and it's a purposeful pregnancy, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Well, you never know. Well, no, I, I do. I've experienced it twice. So just stop. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of leads me to like the next question too, and we'll wrap it up. But, um, and it kind of goes with what you were saying earlier, but what advice would you give to somebody who hasn't walked that path of infertility? You know, maybe some of the people that are asking you these questions right. or miscarriage or anything of that nature to support like a friend, a sister. Right. So I think we member. talked about like, it's okay to feel whatever Yeah. when your feelings are valid, check in on them, especially in those times of around their due date or yeah. the mother's day or things of that sort. Um, acknowledge the loss without trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. Just like, Again, I'm so sorry. They want to seen. Yeah, they want to feel seen. Um, but but don't always be like, you know, they're going through a miscarriage. Like, okay, well, this is what we need to do next. Because I promise they've already like thought through the list more than likely. Yeah. But when you kind of try to be the fixer, this was my experience. When someone else tried, I'm already a fixer by nature. Mm-hmm. So when someone else tried to fix it, I'd already probably tried those or gone through those, and then I had and to maybe tell even them, had like some closure with it, right? You know, and then like I kind of had, had that decision like, that failed, and then I felt like a failure again. So I had yeah. to like it started again, over. You don't want to relive it, right. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Um, and then really like if someone has gone through that, they may be a little bit different kind of parent. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have one shot at everything. The first with McRae is also the last with yeah. McRae. So his, you know, his fourth birthday party that was very extra. I don't have another child to do a birthday party for. And I don't, I, he's a boy. I don't know when his last gonna say, you don't being know. willing to let me yeah. do those kinds of birthday parties are going to be. Right. So I am holding on to everything that may seem crazy to someone else because it is all I ever just wanted yeah I mean in Dr. Duty's office one day when nothing was working and I couldn't get pregnant I literally broke down full like tears like crazy lady because I just wanted to make treat backs yeah and I was like 
<laughs> I was telling somebody else this the other day who also went through infertility with Dr. Duty and he was just laughing at me, but because in hindsight, we can laugh about it. But in the moment I was mourning mm-hmm. being able to make treat bags for my kids class, being able to be the team mom, being able yeah. to do treats at the baseball field and the things that I'm getting to live out now were my dreams four, five, six, seven years ago. And as small as they may seem to the person who maybe you aren't the mom that wants to do treat bags or you aren't the mom that wants a theme shirt for everything. And that's okay to be that. Yeah. But especially if someone has walked this crazy journey, just let them be extra. Let them be crazy. Let them do all the oh, yeah. big stuff for the little stuff and just support them along the way. Like it's okay. I mean, we um, have like so many friends, I feel like that literally- just laugh with us because like, we know we're so extra in those, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, man, I can't wait. Till, like, we're excited to go to McCray's birthday party. <laughs> like, and they, I mean, we are so complete opposites on so many things with our friends and like our closest people, but like, we all just like thrive together and right. like, you know, as long as the kids are happy in those situations too, that's all that matters. Right. And I know that like, I'm different from a lot of my friends, but it's, I guess it's the, like the little jabs here and there. Or why would you do that? Yeah. Well, because I laid in bed at night on a Thursday having a full-on nervous breakdown because I wasn't sure I would ever get to make treat bags. Mm-hmm. So I want to make treat bags. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's what, and that's, you're going to do them regardless of what anyone says. Yeah, so I, mean, just I don't really care don't what waste your breath. Says, but it just takes me back to those moments yeah. of the struggle, the yeah. heartbreak. They're just so just taking so long to get to that point. Let yeah. me make treat bags. And fill in the blank there of treat bags. I, I'm, yeah. I'm using symbolism. <laughs> Little <there>. XYZ. <laughs> yes, whatever the symbolism is there. But basically, just love them. Yeah. Don't try to fix it. Yeah. Just love them. Just love your people yeah. and be there for them. And I think that's probably the the theme here for yeah. both of these journeys is you can't fix it because in both of these separate for separate reasons, mm-hmm. it's not an outside fix. No, not at all. And there's going to be moments whenever you break down and you just want somebody to fix it and I promise you your people want to fix it I mean I literally drove to mama's one night and like couldn't breathe from crying just laying in her arms and in that moment that's all I needed that was fixing it I just needed to lay on my mama and cry my hardest you know and she would help me breathe and we got through it pray about it and that helped you know releasing some of that energy helps so much so just be there for your people. And I hope that a lot of these tips were helpful, Um, especially on, I feel like mental health is broadly talked about now to a degree. Um, And I don't think people always share that they say, Oh, I went through a hard time. Yeah. They don't really get real about it. So I share all the details. You know, I mean, I've, I've heard your story before, Yeah, but if I hadn't, I really appreciate your realness your willingness to say, these were the thoughts I was having. This is where I was on these days. It was up. It was down. I tried this and it worked. I tried this and it didn't. Because a lot of the times we only hear the the wrap up at the end. Yeah. So I think it helps for me as someone hadn't, have not walked that exact journey to get a little bit of a roadmap, not just a brochure with a destination. Yeah. That's good then. Because I feel like sometimes it's at least in my it helped so much to have like somebody I kind of knew or even like heard about or like followed on social media talk about it um as more of like a personal experience but 
with with saying that I do feel like the infertility road is very much not as talked about Mm -hmm. I mean there are a few people starting to really open up about it but there's so many so many helpful tips that you just shared that I think are gonna help so many people and also just help moms or you know new moms trying to get pregnant or someone who just suffered that loss just feel not so alone because I know mama would always say because like she had never like had a miscarriage or anything and she's like Mm -hmm. like I just want to understand, like, help me Mm -hmm. understand. And it was, I mean, I remember we were sitting at dinner one night and I was like, I don't know what to tell you. And I was so mad that she Mm -hmm. just kept asking me. And that wasn't like anything against her, but I didn't know how to put it into words yet. Yeah. I just knew that I just hated life for lack of a better word. Oh yeah. I mean, I hated life. That's exactly how I felt. And now I can, I can put it into words. I can yeah. wordsmith it a little bit better of, okay. Once you process everything. Yes, yes. And obviously it's easier. It's never easy to talk about either one of these situations, but it's easier to talk about it on the back end Nonsense. versus like while you're going through it. Like there's no way I don't think that either of us could have had these conversations while we were in the thick of it. Like if anything, our thoughts will be, would be jumbled and I know for me, I'd be breaking down in tears to y'all right now. You know, like yeah. mine had mine would have had some very um, angry choice words. words. <laughs> Correct. Yes, I was an angry person for life, and I will say my baby saved me. Yeah, I have no doubt. My the Lord broke me, literally mm-hmm. broke me in those three years, and He pieced me back together as a new person. Amen. And a person that is more empathetic and kinder and nicer. I mean. I was not in, in hindsight. I was like, man, Brittany, you were a real B word for a minute. Like I was just not real nice for a minute. And I think it was the bitterness just oozed out. Yeah. And I just thought like, that's what was inside. So that's what was, that was what was coming I mean, out. Same. Yeah. Literally. I was like, I was such a fix it perfectionist people pleaser. And I feel like it's my journey has forced me to go through literally breaking down and not being able to fix anything or like fix myself or you know, failing in so many ways or, you know, failing well, it, in, in my eyes, I was failing us to lean on him. Yeah. And I think that that fully. 100% and it's like, I will never forget actually in December of last year, having a week where it's just, I had suffered and it was so weird that it was like the last month of the year. And it's almost like it was like a piece that I needed to go into this year with a clean slate. And I swear that that was like the biggest 180 for me. And I literally haven't looked back. It was, it was like a light switch moment for me. I mean, it wasn't because there were so many months of like trying to fix things, but it's like after praying about it so hard for one week, I was to the point where I was like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't go into another year like this. And it was late. It you laid it at the cross. Yeah. And I you finally literally, gave up control. Yeah. And I was like, you tell me what to do because I can't do it anymore. I literally, I give up. I can't do it. And, and I think that's what he wants from us. Really. Yes. He yes. wants us to give up in, in, in a way of not trying to do it ourselves. Yeah. And we are both such fixers by nature, but strong in our faith and a good faith walk. Mm-hmm. But in these situations, we weren't leaning fully in. Yeah. And once so, you release full control, if you're a, whatever you believe in, I mean, it is, it is it's, a rebor- it's a rebirth, truly. Yeah. And it'll bring you the biggest sense of peace about it. And I truly like, I mean, I don't know if you noticed it. I feel like I've just yeah. been such, 
I mean, that's my word for this year was peace. Yes. Like I can see the light shining. Yeah. It's, it's just, just, it's so, it's hard to even put into words. It's like, you can breathe again. Yeah. Like you said that weight that like you would wake up with, like that's how it was. Oh my gosh. Every yeah. time I walked into the doctor's office and it's I like you hated, physically can't take a deep I breath. I ultrasounds yeah. because I just knew that there was going to be no heartbeat. I, I would try to not pee so yeah. that I didn't have to wipe. And I know that sounds in, insane, but that was how I found both miscarriages. Well, and so, I bet you somebody listening right now has probably felt that exact same way. Probably. You know, because that's, that's how you know. That's how you know it's happening. And yeah. so I would just try not to pee and try being eight months pregnant, trying not to pee. <laughs> I mean, it didn't work very well. Yeah, like it doesn't work I'm that like, well, way. Well, maybe I just won't wipe and then I can't see it. I'm like, well, that's gross. Um, but yeah. anyway, so we'll, we'll start and end with bathroom talk, but <laughs> there we go. Thank you for listening. Thank you for walking mm-hmm. our roads with us and, um, and for allowing us the time to like get here and process things and share it in hindsight, because I know obviously you're like a few years post your experience. And I'm like a year, I guess, past since when mine started. So it's taken a while. And it'll continue to ebb and flow. I mean, for me, mm-hmm. I, I see a few things differently than I did a year out. Yeah, I see a few things differently than I did two years out. You know, I have two little angel pictures, wing pictures that hang in my laundry room because one night I was just angry about doing laundry. And I said, nope perspective Brittany and I went and I got those pictures and I hung them up by the dryer where I fold clothes and I thought to myself how many times did you dream of doing laundry for a baby Folding those little undies so it's perspective on yeah. so many things yeah in life and I think if you're having a hard time with something flip that perspective hang up your your figurative angel wings in the area that you don't want to do something whatever mm-hmm. it takes but we do ask that you know give us a a rating a comment, let us know what you think about this. And yeah. Leave us any questions or any, if you have advice on either of these situations or anything yeah, that could be that. relatable at all, that could maybe help anyone listening and just we'll as they're sharing. scrolling through. Yeah. Let us know. Highlight real pod. We'll, we'll kind of converse there and maybe throw up a question box or shoot us in DMS yeah. and we want to be, we want to be family. So thanks for coming into our home this morning. Yeah. And, um, or where, whenever you're listening, it'll release, you know, on Mondays. So if you're listening on Monday, we're happy that you're starting your week with us. And we love you guys. Big, big virtual hug because mm-hmm. I know that was a heavy one. So, um, hopefully it was helpful. And we just want you to know how much we care about you. You are seen, you are heard. We love you. We're praying for you. Our inbox is always open. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the highlight reel. R E A L. And it got real. And dirty. And dirty. See ya. Bye.